0: Hello, and welcome to the Hope Brooklyn Weekly Sermon Podcast. Hope Brooklyn is a community of faith in Brooklyn, New York, that believes wherever you are in your spiritual journey, there's room at the table. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this week's sermon. Yes, check, check. Hope Brooklyn, how you guys feeling this morning? Good? Awesome. Shout out to Lewis. He had a baby, y'all. He had a son. Yeah. Real big deal. He just showed up on a Sunday and did the normal thing that he does when he helps us out. And he's like, hey, do you want to see pictures of my son? I'm like, why are you here? So shout out to Lewis and his lovely wife. Love you guys. Uh, If we have not met, my name is Greg. I'm on the pastoral staff here. Um, I've actually been asked to become location pastor for Hope Brooklyn. (laughs) And I say, that, I say that proudly just because, like, this is a pretty dope community to be asked to lead. So if I sound, like, proud or boastful, it's because of y'all, not because I think I'm great. I just never thought in a million years anybody would say, hey, could you help us lead this thing? So thank you guys for being an awesome community and, again, for, for welcoming me and my family in a time where we needed this. So I'm proud because I get to lead a community like you guys. So Hope Brooklyn, give yourselves a hand. Thank you so much. So today, we're going to be continuing in our series entitled Wisdom's Call, Lessons in Living Well. And when I, when I realized what I was tasked to speak on today, I got excited because I thought it was going to be like Kanye West and T-Pain themed, but it's actually not. Uh, what I was asked to teach on today is called um, The Secret to the Good Life. And immediately I'm like, welcome to the good life. But I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> Saved and sanctified can't get my Kanye on, Um, but many people would say, like, why why do you want to know the secrets to the good life? And I'm like, why wouldn't you, right? Like, if you found out that there was a secret to live a good life, wouldn't you inquire about that? Awesome, so we're all on the same page. I want you to strap in, because in my time studying for today's message, what I realized is, as humans, we suck at discerning what is good. (laughs) So just a heads up, if you felt good about yourself when you woke up this morning, you're about to feel like crap because it's just true. As I studied the Bible for this message and as I looked at my own life, what I realized was, man, we have no capability apart from God to discern what is good from what is not. Um, so I'm going to pray because if we don't, the Holy Spirit might not come and then I would just be talking and I don't want that. My hope is that God would come and meet us and challenge us through the text today. Um, so let me read really quickly and then we'll pray together. In Genesis 1, verse 31, it says, And God looked upon all that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Amen? God, I thank you for the opportunity to speak today. Uh, But, Holy Spirit, I pray that it would be your words, your inspiration that would come from my mouth, God, and that it would be your word today that challenges us to grow better, to do better, to learn better, to live together better in a community that we love so much. I thank you, Lord, in advance for the ways that you're going to show up, and show out as we sit here together to learn. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to put a timer on because I talk long. And I want to get you guys out of here and also don't want to abuse you because I'm telling you, it's really rough. So what does it mean to live a good life? None of us really know. And I figured out the problem is because we don't know what it means to be good. Like what does the word good mean? I'm sure we could all come up with what we think it is, but it probably would miss the mark by far. We don't know what it means to be good. What is good, right? And so I'm like, okay, I grew up in Brooklyn, and I started thinking about the ways that we would use the word good growing up, and it became very scary about how much no one in Brooklyn knows what the word good means. Let me, let me help you out. So the first way we, that we used to use the word good uh, growing up, this is, my, this is my TED talk, by the way, is... Yo, you good? And the way that this could be uh, interpreted is like, I'm concerned. Like, yo, you good? Right? So that's pretty simple. Yo, you good? Like, are you okay? But then there's another way you could use it. Like, it's, it's the yo, you good, the remix. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, you good? It could be like, Santos, if you're getting too close, you might be like, yo, you good? Like, you good? I'm no longer concerned about your well-being. I'm just aware that I might have to harm you. Okay, then there's number three, nah, you good. Nah, you good. Nah, you good is like a form of generosity, right? Jamie, if we go out to lunch and we order a bunch of food, the bill comes and it's crazy expensive and you pull out your card, I go, nah, you good. I'm being generous. Nah, you good. Don't. But then it's confusing because then number four, right? Nah, you good shows up again. And this time, it's it's more aggressive. So, like, if I'm out with my wife and somebody tries to, like, push up on her, like, get her number, nah, you good. It's aggressive now. Nah, you good. So, now we got four different ways to interpret good. And then there's the final one. It's what's good. What's good has about five different interpretations. Um, but the one the one that, like, when I was growing up, the one I had to really learn what's good meant was... Um, it was not a greeting. You would think it would be like, hey, what's good? It's not that. It also isn't you at a restaurant trying to figure out what you should get on the menu. Like, what? what's good? It's not that. <laughs> what's good in Brooklyn is like, uh, it's something that you just say. Yo, what's good? I don't actually want you to tell me what's good. I'm just <laughs> acknowledging that you are yonder. <laughs> Yo, what's good? And so what became clear to me very quickly is, Greg, even in your upbringing, you have no context for what the word good means. We use it in too many occasions, too many, there's too many situations where you might have to use the word. And so very quickly, as I began to study for this week's message, I'm like, man, I have no idea what it means to be good. And if you're taking notes today, um, I want you to write that down as a first point. On our own, we have no idea of what is good good. What is it? What does it mean? Uh, How could we interpret it? I'll give you an example. More than what I just gave you, we really don't know what it is to do something good or to be good. When me and my wife were dating, she drove a Honda Civic. And so slowly but surely, it became our Honda Civic. (laughs) And um, I did not know this, but like apparently like Hispanic culture, like the man is supposed to drive. Doesn't matter whose car it is, the man drives. So one day we're driving up Myrtle Ave. You guys are familiar with Myrtle Avenue, right? It's Crazy Avenue. This was how I knew, like, in my young adulthood, like, I, I'm dumb. I don't know. No, it's okay, Amanda. I've come to terms with it. It's all right. <laughs> Amanda looks so hurt. She's like, oh, my God!" It's Like, you didn't know. Now you do. Uh, <laughs> we're driving up Myrtle Avenue, and the lights in the car begin to flicker like crazy. And so we stop at a light, and I go, I know what I'll do. I'll just turn the car off and then turn it back on. Because that's good, right? I I turn the car off, the light turns green and then I attempt to turn the car back on and it just flickers, no go. And my wife who was my girlfriend at the time, she looks at me with this look um, that all women who are in love with a dumb man does. Because it's like, I love you, but you're so dumb. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, no, this is good, right? Turn it off, turn it back on, right? It works with phones. Why wouldn't it work with this uh stuff? All right, it's fine. Another example of how I just know we don't know what it means to be good. Um, I go on a trip to South Carolina one day, and I'm staying at a hotel with my mom, and I get a call from my brother at like 2 a.m. If anyone knows my brother, I love him, but he is not smart. Um, It's okay. He's come to terms with it as well. He's like, I just want you to know um, that I was robbed tonight at gunpoint, but I'm okay. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I was standing at a bus stop, and I was on the phone that you bought I me. Mean, I bought him a new phone. It was like a, some T-Mobile something at the time. And he's like, some kid came up to me and put a gun in my face in Brooklyn, right? And he's like, and he asked for my phone, so I gave it to him. And I said, well, how are you calling me? On that phone. He's like, oh, I got it back. And I'm like, how did you get it back? He's like, oh, well, I chased him. And I'm like, Deshaun, are you crazy? What do you mean? He's like, no, that's good, right? No, that is not good. Let let him let the gunman have the phone. And this is this is what really helped me to understand why our obsession with good is just off. He said to me, I didn't want you to be upset. I thought that you would be mad at me. And I said, in a matter of life and death, you were concerned with whether or not my affections for you would change. And what I realized is, right, in, in our search for good, when it comes to us in our relationship with God and our walk with God, the issue isn't that we don't know good from bad. The issue more is that we don't know how to trust. My brother couldn't trust that our relationship would be secure whether or not he made a good or bad decision. And a lot of times in our walk, we make bad decisions or so it's hard to discern good from bad because we're really concerned about whether or not we trust God or whether or not we trust him to know what is good. Uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, this, every time I read the Bible, I'm like, man, drama. Um, it says, then the Lord God took the man, this is Adam he's talking about, and placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. He gave him a job. Come on, somebody. And the Lord God commanded him, check this out, you may eat freely from every tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. In Genesis 3, right, verses 4 and 5, it says, you will not surely die. This is, now the serpent is tempting Eve, right? Eve was created as Adam's mate to help him, to love him. Um, And now there's a serpent telling her, you're not going to surely die if you eat this fruit. God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. AKA, do we want to trust God to tell us what the difference of good and evil is, or would we just rather know on our own? I'm going to spoil it for you. We choose the dumb one. We, <laughs> we, we want to get hurt, right? We want to learn from experience. God, why do you get to just know? I want to know too. And God's saying, man, if you just trust me, you're going to save yourself a lot of pain. I want to tell you guys a story, but I I need everyone in here to sign a nondisclosure that you won't report me and my wife if I tell this story. She's watching online, so she can't hurt me. Um, (laughs) My daughter, Sarah, we moved into a new apartment, and we used to live in Florida for a little bit. So for her life, she's only four. She's only known like flat land, flat terrain. But now we live in an apartment, and there are steps. And so I made it my business to tell Sarah, do not go near the stairs. Don't go near the steps. Stay away from the steps. Trust me. Uh, My daughter's a Leo. Um, I don't know how much you believe in horoscopes. I don't very much, but I believe in patterns. And she, my daughter just loves to discern good from evil on her own. That's That's how I'll put it. And so... A friend comes over one day and I'm talking to him in the doorway and behind me are are the steps. And Sarah, in all of her knowledge of good and evil, (laughs) approaches the steps and I go, Sarah, back away from the steps, trust me, right? Talking to my friend and we hear, the sickest beatbox beat you ever would have heard. It's like, pss, 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 pss. and it's not music. It's Sarah tumbling down the steps in the sounds of 1998 Busta Rhymes. And I'm like, how, how did this happen? Um, that was the real fall of man. Uh, she really, she decided that day, I, I don't want to trust what you say is good. I'm going to try it out on my own. And it it cost her. I thank God there was no ER visit. Um, She's fine. I promise she can spell her name and everything like that. But, again, to my point, apart from God, we just don't know what is good and what is not. As a father now, I'm learning. Oh, my God, is that me, God? I'm so sorry. Why do we choose our own way when God is saying it's easier to just trust me? And sometimes that's difficult because we don't have a lot of context for what that is. But in my 32 years of life, which is not long, I'm starting to learn that, man, it's a little easier to just trust God rather than try and discern this on my own. The symptoms of this is crazy. You ready for this? This blew my mind as I read this. In Genesis 3, we're going to walk through a few chapters. The Lord called out to the man, right? This is after they ate of the apple. Now there's a whole bunch of punishment that's going to happen. Lord God called out to the man, where are you? Parents, when it's too quiet and you don't know where your kids are in the house, they did something. God's like, hold on a second. It's way too quiet in the garden right now. Where are you? I'm way too familiar with that silence. It's, it's the loudest silence ever. Sarah, where are you? Yes, dad. That's way too far. And you're hiding. The man said this, I heard your voice in the garden, he replied. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. How often do we choose our own good and then we get jipped, or we get scanned and we hide from God, right? Because God forbid he knows the thing that I did when I was using my own good rather than trusting him. Where are you? You're not waking up and praying with me anymore. I'm hearing. More Jay-Z in the house, less Hillsong. Where did you go? (laughs) What happened to our thing, the rhythm we were in? And we're ashamed because, God, I I didn't trust you. I chose my own way, so now I have to hide, right? I have to be away from you. Where do we get that from? When do we decide what separates us from God? A mistake? It breaks my heart when I find Sarah in a corner, (laughs) with Play-Doh and dish soap. And I'm like, Sarah, why are you hiding? Why are you hiding from me? Nothing you, nothing that I'll ever find you doing would ever make me mad. Guys, I walked in the living room the other day. I was like, it's way too quiet. And we got three kids. Something is happening. And Sarah's got Elliot in like a full Nelson. And I'm like, no, stop. But it would break my heart if she thought that that man, I didn't want her close to me. So we'll continue on, right? Adam's like, I hid because I'm naked. And God says, who told you you was naked? Who said that to you? Siri, not right now. (laughs) Who, Who told you to be embarrassed? Who told you to be ashamed? The father can recognize in the way that we act that we're believing a lie. I can tell exactly how Sarah's school day went the moment I pick her up. By the way she's behaving. Sarah, who told you that your skin color is bad? Who told you that your hair, is? who said that to you? I'm your father. Who told you that this was true? And so this is how it usually goes, right? We choose our version of good. It's bad, (laughs) right? Surprise. It's bad. We hide from God and then he finds us and he goes, okay, so All right, first of all, like, let's get back together. Are you good? But, like, who told you this lie about you? Why are you hiding from me? I say what's good. (laughs) Not that thing, not that person, not that job, not that relationship, not that friendship, not that encounter. I know what's good. Who told you you was naked? God knows exactly why we're hiding. He knows exactly what we did, and he's not put off by it. So why are we hiding, right? Right? God looked upon all he had made, and indeed, it was very good. If you read that in Genesis, there is not a best friend in the the beginning of creation when God goes, man, six days? That was good. There was not a sidekick that was like, yeah, Jesus, that was good. There's no scripture of that. There's not a homeboy that gives a cosign, sign like, yo, you right, that dude looked pretty good. I seen a few creations, and that's good. The Bible simply says... God looked upon all that he made, and indeed, without a doubt, it was very good. There was not a cosign. There was not a like or a comment or a retweet or a repost. God said that it was good. And then you go to the next chapter. Only God can be trusted for what is good. And then no one else can come alongside it and either confirm or deny it. It just is because he said that it's good. And so we can trust that. So here's the bad news, right? We've been going over it for a while now. We don't know, we don't have the capacity for discerning what is good and what isn't. The good news is that the secret to the good life is actually not a secret at all. I want to say I discovered it, but I didn't because it's in the Bible. So someone else has read this somewhere. And so I'm reading this, and you can imagine me studying. I'm like, okay, God, I get it. (laughs) We don't have it takes to discern what is good. So help me figure out how do we live the good life? What is the good life? What is the secret to living a good life if I can't even tell what's good? In Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 12, verse 11, it says, The words of the wise are like goads, and the anthologies of the masters are like firmly embedded nails driven by a single shepherd. I'm going to stop right there. This is all caps because we think it looks cool for aesthetics, but if you read it in your Bible, the only thing capitalized is that word shepherd. And I want to break down verse 11 for you because what it's basically saying is the words of the wise are like goads. Goads are like tools that are usually made to prick and annoy animals. So you're saying like these wise men that you guys love so much, their words are annoying because they just talk a bunch. And the anthologies of the masters are like firmly embedded nails driven by a single shepherd means the words that you do love were already hammered in by the single shepherd. So the words that are even wise don't even come from the men you revere, they come from me, right? Then we're gonna move on. Uh, verse 12, and by these, my son, be further warned. There is no end to making of many books and much study wearies the body. I love that verse because I've been telling people growing up, we assign too much homework in public schools. <laughs> too many words, let's get rid of them. Verse 12 says, chill out with all the reading. You're doing too much. Reading is good. Knowledge is power, Right? The Bible says you're doing too much. I love that you love words, but you're looking to words too much. Here's what it says in verse 13. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Wait real quick. I don't know how many black friends you have, but I love when black women are fed up because they say period. That's what that means. The conclusion of the matter is this, is the black girl's way of saying, I said you're not going out, and that's it. Period. (laughs) That's, That's what that means. Right? I said, clean your room or I'm taking your phone. Don't ask me again. Period. That's what that means. The conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commandments because that is the whole duty of the man. That, my friends, is the secret to the good life. I'm not going to leave you there. I did a bunch of homework. I'm going to walk you to the end of this. So, so far what we get is God saying in this chapter, right, in, this verse, in these verses, words are good. Right? Ryan just published a book of poems. Where's Ryan? He's in the front. Shameless plug. And it's awesome. But if you just read that, you would just have a bunch of fancy words. And Ryan would agree. I love that he wrote a book of poems. But I also know that Ryan is a man who studies the word, and he prays, and he worships with the Father. God is saying, words are good. I gave you brains, and you're using them. You're learning a lot. But don't forget the whole duty of a man. Keep my commandments. I'm like, God, you got a lot of commandments. <laughs> And then I find myself in Matthew chapter 22, and the disciples are with Jesus, and they're doing that thing that they usually do when they're trying to figure out who's better than who who knows more than who, sucking up to Jesus, right? Someone goes, master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul and all thy mind. And we tend to work on that one pretty well, right? This is the one that got me. I'm going to use an I statement. I'm going through emotionally healthy relationships. that teaches us to use I statements. This is the first and great commandment, right? The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. The secret to the good life is loving God and loving your neighbor. That is the secret to the good life. Uh, Greg, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't know how it makes sense. I don't know how it works out. But the word of the Lord today is if you want the secret to the good life, just love God and love your neighbor. When when I realized how much it challenged me, it was, God, I'm just running in the store real quick for a piece of gum and some chapstick. Do I really have to put on my mask? Well, if you want to love your neighbor. Right? We all have our, our opinions about what we believe and the statistics, and it's like, what if we stop worried about the literature and all the, all the knowledge and we just worried about keeping God's commands, which is to love him and love our neighbor? It's the equivalent to turning to your neighbor and going, hey, yo, you good? Right? That's the good life. The good life is, this is good, right? I'm working on this constantly. How often am I going, yo, you good? You good? You good? Right, The secret to the good life is checking on this, that's good, and checking on your neighbors, are you good? I know this is true because on a Saturday morning when I'm kicking back, my leg's up, kids are running around dirty and stuff, it's just me and my wife. And I look at her and I go, you good? And she goes, you good? And I go, well, I'm good if you good. That's the good life. The good life is when this is good and when this is good. If I'm good with God and my neighbors are okay, that's the secret to the good life. In a moment, we're going to pray. We'll take communion like we usually do. But I wonder if the secret to the good life is actually challenging news for you this morning. Because it was for me. I had to check a lot of my biases, a lot of the ways that I can discriminate against people groups. Maybe it's just me, but if the right person cuts me off at the wrong time... All of my discrimination comes out, all of my bias, all of my impure thoughts. And if I want the good life, it's not enough to just make sure I'm good with God. God, am I good with my neighbors? And I know that I can't tell because I'm the same idiot that turned the car off in the middle of the road. So God, help me. Help me discern whether or not I'm good with you and I'm good with my neighbors because on my own, I'm going to mess it up. The secret to the good life is we know nothing. John Snow. Um, (laughs) God knows everything. And and so this is the challenge for you today as we will begin to pray. Man, how much am I submitted to whether or not my relationship with God is good and my relationship with my neighbors are good? I just want to read that verse one more time. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, because on these two commands hang all the law of the prophets. And I just hear the Holy Spirit go, period. That's it. That's all you must concern yourself with. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. We're going to pray in a second. And I just wonder if that's you. Um, and on purpose, I kind of want to do this old school because what I noticed about being here in this community is that we hear a good word. We take communion. We talk in the lobby and we leave. I think there's something, I think there's something about confession. I think there's something about taking a moment to have the Holy Spirit seek us. And so just like old school youth ministry, I'm just gonna ask everybody bow their head. And I'm gonna pray for us, but first, I just wonder if anybody in the room would be as daring as, as I was this past week chewing on this word. Man, do you really know what it means to be good? To do good? Outside from what you give, outside from who you know, do you really know what it means to live the good life? If you would be so daring to say, Greg, when you pray in a second, could you include me that the Holy Spirit might impart unto me what it means to be good and that I would be so bold to practice it? With every eye closed, just shoot a hand up and say, that's me. I'll admit, I don't know what it really means to do good, to be good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Mad hands. That's another Brooklyn slang. It doesn't mean the hands are angry. It just means there's a lot. <laughs> Mad hands across the room. I'm going to pray. Um, if this is your first time hearing about this Jesus, about this God, and you were confused about why we were like singing real loud a few minutes ago, we really just believe that God really did create everything in the beginning and he said that it was good. And then when we made bad decisions because of our definition of good, he sent his son as an atonement for our sins that we might be in relationship with him again. If you feel the Holy Spirit is prompting you about that relationship, there is a wonderful woman named Sharon. She's over our care team, our prayer team. And she'll pray with you and, and walk you through that decision. But right now, I just want to pray for everyone in the room who raised their hands and said, "I have a hard time discerning what is good and what is not." Um, Jawar, would you come up really quickly? I just want to pray. You can keep your eyes closed. Let's just take a moment, a minute or two, and just say, "Holy Spirit, search me." I've been I've been making decisions that I think are good, but they just keep winding up bad. I keep finding myself in a position where I need you, Lord. Or your, your prayer might be, God, I I thought something, I did something that I thought was good. It turned out to be bad, and I've been hiding. I've been hiding from you, Lord. I haven't really been communing with you. I haven't really been spending the time. Or when I pray, I just talk a bunch so that you won't, that you won't search me. I wonder if that's anybody today. We're just going to take two minutes. Holy Spirit, search us. Father, tell us what's good. We're reading a bunch of articles about the state of the world. The world is trying to tell us what's good. The CDC is trying to figure out, (laughs) telling us what's good. But Father, we're trusting today that you were there in the beginning, no one else. And when it was time to declare what was good, it was just you. And You said it was very good. God, we say we trust you today. We trust your ability to discern what's really good. Help us, Father. hide from you, Lord. Lord, your word says nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from your love, God. God, today we come out of hiding. We come out of hiding. We want access to that relationship again, God. We want access to you. We want access to the good life. So we come out of hiding today. We come out of shame on somebody. We come out of shame. We come out of guilt or embarrassment because we thought something was good and it wound up being bad. We come out of that. God, we bind up the lie. Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were unworthy? Who told you I wouldn't love you? Who told you that was unforgivable? Who told you you wouldn't come back from that? Who told you you didn't belong? God, we bind up the lie of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. And we run into the good life right now. We run into you. We come back to the good life, God. We say we trust you. Apart from you, God, we cannot know what is good. So we run into you today, Lord. We run into you today, Lord. We bless your name, Jesus. Come on, take 30 more seconds. Allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart. We're going to worship a little more and then we'll do communion. My prayer, Hope Brooklyn, is that we would not become obsessed with what we read and how we might learn. And that we would get back to trusting that the Father only knows what is truly good. Amen. Amen.